Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Ham Nation, episode 509, December 18th, 2021. Thanks for joining us. And welcome to Ham Nation. I am Josh Nass, KI6NAZ. Thanks so much for clicking on the Hammer to Crash Course, now the host and home of Ham Nation. Again, thanks for coming out. We do have a busy show and we've got lots to talk about, so we're pulling the host in real fast. Let's get started. Val's back, everybody. Hey, Val, how you doing? We'll start with you. How you doing? I'm doing great. As you can see from my background, I'm at my Florida QTH, uh, enjoying the wonderful weather down here and doing some work on the house. Um, husband lives for 30 days. Soon he'll be joining me. Right um, But yeah, I've got a great uh, show for you guys tonight. Um, COVID's, uh, you know, on the run and so d expeditions are coming back and we've got a doozy for you so you're gonna want to stick around to learn about this big huge d expedition coming up awesome awesome all right and don how are you doing sir i'm very good thank you very much we've got a great report tonight from amateur radio newsline as always best uh, best crew in the world and unfortunately dr t is taking the night off she's got a big science uh exposition uh, that she's getting ready for so uh, she will not be with us tonight, but uh, you can, of course, uh, check her out on Twitter and on uh, spaceweatherwoman.com at Tamathus Cove, and you'll find out everything you need to know about what's going on with the sun. She's always up to something sciency. Yes, she is. She's she's smart like that. She's got she got brains. <laughs> That's right. Amanda, good to see you again. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. And first, I'd just like to say I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know we did finally after some plumbing issues. During the show, I think. Yes, um, that's right. You had to hop off for a little bit there yes, at the end. Yes, we did. You know, when Cousin Eddie's, like, dumping his RV. Uh -oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the something's Imagine full. Imagine the yes, term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the something is full. Exactly yeah. what it was. Um, fun times. Anyhow, stick around because Santa's also coming to town here, and we're going to tell you how maybe you can get your children, grandchildren, or yourself, if you're young enough, maybe, to give your uh, wish list right on the air to Santa. Let's remind everybody, too, we're watching the chat. So if you at myself, Hammer New Crash Course, or Amanda in the chat for any of the questions as we're live, we'll try and take them as we get them. So we're throwing it to Valerie first. Valerie, what's going on? Well, um, those of you might have remembered, uh, my husband was part of a de-expedition that attempted to go to Bouvet, and it was unsuccessful. But... We're going to, they're going to, some guy, a new team is going to give it a shot. And man, I hope they're going to do good. I have one of the team leaders, Ken, on with us tonight, as well as one of the team members, Adrian. Welcome, Adrian and Ken. Hello. Good evening from New York. Thank you. 
And thank you, Ken, especially. I know it's three in the morning where you are, so I appreciate you coming out in the middle of the night. Um, And uh, um, so why don't you guys tell um, everybody about the main stuff with uh, Bouvet, the call sign, where you got, when are you guys leaving? And um, we can kind of, we have some photos for you guys. So why don't you get oh, it yeah, started so, for us? Yeah, the call sign is Three Yankee Zero Juliet. So uh, that's a really, a really nice uh, call sign. And uh, uh, the, the expedition is scheduled for uh, November 2022. So that's actually less than one year. In less than one year, we will be on the island. We'll, we'll look forward to it. And you have how many team members coming with you right now? You're up to? In total, we will be uh, 13 uh, operators. That's a lot. Uh, a great, a great team. Yeah, really, uh, really. It's an international team. We have a lot of US operators, also some Europeans. So a true international uh, project this is. And you just came back from a de-expedition yourself. Where were you? I was in uh, in Central African Republic. That's uh, in Africa, of course, and it's a kind of different place, a really, really hot place for me. I live in Norway and I'm kind of used to, uh, you know, cold weather and going down there is like uh, 30 centigrade. So it's going to be kind of different on Bouvet. It's going to Bouvet is going to be really cold, you know, a lot of wind and, uh, you know, going to sleep in a tent and all that kind of stuff in uh, Africa. I was, you know, uh, in a hotel, a uh, nice hotel. So it's going to be totally different uh, place. Yeah. So why don't we start with the slides and you guys can kind of tell everybody about what's going on with uh, Bouvet so you guys can keep up to date. So um, there's the official website if you guys want to go to 3y0j.com or .no. um, Either one, Oscar, either one will get you there. And uh, that's the website. It's a great website. Um, It is beautiful. Um, So why don't you kind of show where I think the first slide kind of shows where Bouvet is located. And for those of you who may have missed it before, it's pretty much in the middle of nowhere, down in the Antarctic region, I think is where they call it. Um, So if you guys want to start talking, I'll let you have at it. So um, basically, uh, Bouvet, it's a small little island, is uh, maybe uh, half the size of Manhattan. And it's the middle of nowhere. Even if you have a, a chart or a map to uh, look at it, it's, it's so small you will probably miss it. And most maps out there don't have it. Um, we created this uh, slide to give you uh, an idea of uh, how far it is from civilization. It's uh, you can see the distances there. You know, tens of uh, thousands of um, uh, kilometers or miles from uh, from any uh, civilized place. As a matter of fact. Um, the Bouvet Island, which is actually a Norwegian territory, is, um, according to the um, books of records, is the most uninhabited island on Earth. So basically, you can't go farther than Bouvet uh, when it comes to uh, seeing no people. It's um, it's a small island, and it's not uh, inhabited. It's uh, covered... Uh, almost entirely by ice and the only inhabitants are just uh, penguins and uh, uh, fur seals. So um, pretty next much, uh, yep. Let's go to the next one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's uh, an ice sheet. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly an ice sheet. Yeah, that's, that's true. Uh, it was discovered uh, in the 1700s, but uh, became a Norwegian territory in the, like 1927 when uh, Norwegians uh, first uh, landed on the island. 
Uh, it's uh, pretty much flat, but it does have a, a peak of uh, 780 uh, meters. Uh, that's about, uh, I would say, 1,600 uh, feet more or less, or 2,000 feet, I should say. Um, it's uh, one of the four DX uh, entities uh, that belong to uh, Norway. The other ones will be Peter Island, Jan Mayen, and Svalbard. Uh, but um, out of all DX entities, uh, this one uh, gained the uh, recognition as being the second most rarest after uh, P5 North Korea. So uh, it's very uh, uh, it's very hard to get there, and so that's why it's very rare for us uh, ham operators. And uh, one of the things I need it for an all-time new one. So I know there's a lot of people out there watching that need this one. Yeah, that's for sure. That's why it's uh, number two. I need it as well, and I think Ken needs it as well. Yeah, I also need it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's All right, uh, next slide. I think. There we well, go. Uh, we're so gonna, that's a beautiful vessel. Okay, uh, we're gonna get there by using this uh, vessel. It's uh, it's an oceanic uh, sailing catch. It's about a hundred feet uh, uh, long. And what's special about this boat is that the, uh, this boat spent uh, the last twelve years in a cold weather. Basically, it's um, uh, taking uh, tourists as well as scientists in uh, in a cold weather uh, areas, and uh, so the crew is very experienced at uh, uh, this type of climate, and we have full confidence that they're able to take us uh, safely to Bouvet. It's uh, quite a trip. We'll probably be uh, starting our trip from Falkland Islands, and depending on the wind, uh, will take us about 10 to 15 days to get to Bouvet. And once uh, on Bouvet, the plan is to stay there about 20 days, I guess, depending on the weather. And after that, another 10 to 15 days to our final destination, which is uh, Cape Town, South Africa. And this is um, this uh, uh, trip is designed this way because um, the wind is always blowing from uh, um, from the west to the east. That's way pushing the vessel towards, uh, always pushing the vessel, helping us get to the destination faster. The boat name is Mara Marama. And uh, this is the uh, the map of Bouvet. And there with a the, with the little red uh, sign, it shows uh, the place where we're going to be landing. We're going to be landing by um, Zodiac, uh, which is basically a rubber boat. And uh, at that uh, bottom corner is... Uh, a beach where uh, we're going to be, um, like I said, uh, landing from um, from our uh, vessel, Morama. There's Is a that the same beach all the researchers land on to? You're in that same beach? No, oh, they're they they on oh. the west coast, yeah. Correct. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, uh, that, a, go ahead. Yeah, just we did a screening of uh, of the, the places to to uh, to do the landing in in Bouvet. and uh, when you see the photos later on, you will see it's quite difficult. And uh, there are actually, if you want to set up a camp, there is actually only one safe place to stay, and that is uh, at Kpia. The researchers from the Norwegian Polar Institute they are on the northwestern part of the of the island. Okay. And they have a base there. Okay. They have a, a weather station. They try to visit every four and five years. Yeah, that's where I've seen all the videos from that. Yeah, so but this looks like a nice landing site. A lot, lot, lot less ice, you know. Yes, that's actually a, a very recent uh, picture of our landing site, Cap Fia. Uh, as you can see, the, the ice receded. 
So, um, you know, there's a pretty good uh, size uh, of uh, an area where we're going to be uh, actually putting camp. It's a nice um, view uh, from the uh, from afar that gives you a kind of a, an idea where we're going to be landing and setting up camp. Uh, yeah, this uh, actually a photo is from 2017, in the previous photo, and, and what we have done is that we have uh, collected videos and photos from uh, 2008, uh, 2014, 17, and 18. So, what we see is that actually the uh, the terrain is uh, is in a, in a is in a way changing, and hopefully by the time we arrive in 2022, it will be a glacier will have retreated even more. And you're going there, kind of going into their summer, too. So yeah, November. That, that's that's the plan to go in the summer. Yeah. So. Um, this uh, photo you show showing now is actually from a different place. It's not from Cape Fear, but this is one of the Norwegian Polar Institute's um, uh, photos. And uh, you can see how crowded these beaches are with, with seals. This is um, taken from the southwestern part of the island uh, called uh, Cape Norwegia. And actually, they, they do kind of um, uh, cruising ships, go to Bouvet, and they drop off the tourists in, into this beach for uh, a few hours. But we discussed this uh, site with the uh, Norwegian Polar Institute, but there is a, a high risk of falling rocks, uh, falling ice. So it's quite dangerous to, to set up a, a camp on this uh, beach, um, you know, which would be just uh, impossible. So by doing this screening process together with uh, NPI, you know, we uh, realized that Cape Fear is the only place to stay. And. How are you going to get up there? I mean, do you need climbing gear or you can just walk, get up there normal? Yeah, well, you know, we, if you actually look at this photo, you will see that there are actually penguins going from, oh, from so the sea. Oh, you're going to be down yeah. there. Okay. And uh, no, it's actually, so it's possible actually for penguins to come up to the cliff, but we have identified actually three uh, roads uh, to the top. And, and uh, we, we need to probably um, uh, do the climbing. It's uh, the height of the cliff is roughly roughly 30 feet or, or 10 meter, and we prepare for this uh, climbing. We are uh, doing um, courses together with instructors. Uh, so uh, some of the team members, they will be certified climbers by next summer. Next summer. So uh, we do all we can to prepare for this, uh, and uh, for sure we will get up this, uh, this cliff. Very good. And I like the little tents you drew in there and the antennas. <laughs> well, it kind of gives you a perspective of yeah. uh, where we're going to be staying. So basically, we're, we're going to avoid staying on a beach because of the uh, uh, wildlife. And then the goal is to go up that cliff, which is not too high. Like uh, Ken mentioned, it's about 10 meters. And uh, um, this way, it's uh, protected and better for the antennas. Uh, they get the gain uh, extra height. So uh, yeah, that's basically how it's going to look like uh, 11 months this from now. This is actually how it started. We uh, we started, you know, uh, looking at photos from Bube and, and we started to actually draw uh, antennas on, on this. And then as you did this drawing, you actually got inspired and you, you got the idea that, okay, you really want to go to Bube. So I think actually this is how, how it all start, started 18 months ago. Now, are all 30 of you guys going to go up on there at once, or is you going to do 15 on, 15 off, and, you know, rotate? Are we gonna uh, we're going to be, uh, everybody's going to be on the island uh, at the same time. So, okay. uh, so yeah, that's that's the plan. We uh, plan to drop off all the team members, go up, set up the camp, and then then uh, going to be back on, on the vessel. So we're not going to stay on the vessel during the, the okay. expedition. And the, the is the vessel going to stay there as well while you're there? 
Or is it going off to do something and coming back? No, no, no. The vessel will stay uh, 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 very close to the shore. It's one of the conditions I think that uh, Nor uh, Norwegian uh, Polar Institute uh, uh, imposed on us, where for safety reasons, the boat is always going to be there. Um, and just be clear, we are 13 operators, not 30, one, three. Oh, 13. Okay. 13. Yes. That's a bit a lot of, <laughs> yes. okay, much better. The, okay. the, the landing on the, on Bouvet, it's not very easy. So, uh, to increase safety, we will not leave the island. So basically we land everyone on the island, uh, including the equipment, food and everything that we need for double the time that we're planning to be there. And then once everything is done, then everybody's coming out of the island, taking everything out. Uh, back to the boat, but the uh, Marama would always uh, stay uh, close to shore, obviously for safety reasons. And um, yeah. hopefully, we can get uh, get a warm meal as well. You know, if it's <laughs> yeah. good good weather conditions. They will come uh, ashore with a, a good warm meal. That, That's that'd dream. be nice. Otherwise, you're fishing. Yeah, <laughs> eating seals. <laughs> this is great. Um, now. The north, the west coast, is it going to be hard to get? I mean, how how high is it? Is the rock in your way getting to the west coast? Do you know? You mean the mountain? You mean the mountain? Yeah. Are you going to have trouble getting to the west coast? Is it? Is no. It your... So uh, okay. we have uh, we have done a lot of analysis on this, and uh, uh, it's not going to be an issue. We just released some information on our website, and um, you know the propagation is predicted really good all over the world. Our signals will be like S. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 7 to 8. Uh, so the, the mountain is not going to impact the signal strength uh, at all. Uh, this going to be really good signals all over the world. For sure, we have done HFTA analysis together with the world leading uh, propagation analyst. And we're quite confident with these kind of simulations we've done. Very good. Well, that makes Thanks. me happy in the West Coast. Yeah, oh, yes. of course. <laughs> <laughs> so the West Coast is actually uh, uh, is actually maybe a little bit better because uh, you, you're going clear off the off the cliff. I I'm liking it even more. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> How about we meet here a year from now and then uh, I we remind you that we we'll, we just gave you a an all new uh, time one. How about that? <laughs> I, yeah. I like it. Sounds good. <laughs> That yeah. I've been sitting on this same number of DX entities worked for a long time. I need a couple of new ones, so this will be nice. So yes. that that landing, though, was where the research area was where you were shoring earlier. This is not where you're landing. 
this looks this is uh, photo is uh, is also an exclusive photo we uh, we got from NPI NPI Norwegian Polar Institute shared a lot of information with us they shared all the weather statistics they have they shared a lot of photos they have and um, this is taken from uh, the first landing it's uh, this island is called Lars Island it's actually on the southwestern part of the island and it's uh, one of the first landing they did in 1927 uh, as we see you know, quite simple uh, <laughs> uh, kind of, uh, you know, protection they have. So, yeah, kind of different conditions, how you need to, to plan project today compared to 1927. Yeah, so basically we will not be using helicopters to land on the uh, island. Uh, uh, we're going to be using, like I said, uh, just Zodiacs, just like uh, it's been done for, you know, hundreds of years. Yeah. And uh, this picture basically proves that it is possible. And uh, don't forget that the ice actually receded more. So in a way, conditions are a bit better than they were in 1927. <laughs> and I mean, obviously, um, you're gonna you're going at a good time for radio conditions as well. So your timing. Yes. Is yes. The uh, the SFI. Tens open uh, and yeah, it's yes. Getting good. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's uh, you know, and obviously a year from now it's going to be even better than yeah. today. So, uh, uh, Ken, why don't you talk about this picture? This is uh, uh, very. Uh, I love this this photo. This is really really a good photo. This is taken from the first activation uh, from Buva in 1977. And you see this is uh, also from a beach close to Cape Fear uh, where we're going to land. So we're going to land on, the, on this exact same beach 45 years later. This is um, two Norwegian guys. They were employees of Norwegian Polar Institute. And mostly they were doing a lot of research work, but they also had the opportunity to do a zodiac landing on, on Cape Fear. And they run this, um, this um, low power station, uh, uh, Dipole. And uh, they made, I think they made roughly 30 QSOs. You can see they worked, um, you know, Japan and even Whiskey 6, India Delta uh, on the West Coast. So we know for sure that, uh, you know, from this place, we can make contacts with uh, the West Coast and US. It's really nice photo. That is. Okay. Uh, can you want to take this one? Oh, you can go ahead, Adrian. <laughs> okay, so uh, basically to give you excellent signals, uh, we're going to be using uh, lots of antennas and um, we are this antenna farm that we list there. I'm not going to go over the whole list. I don't want to be too boring, but uh, the idea is very simple. We're basically going to have uh, beams uh, um, pointing in three different directions, you know, Asia, Europe, and North America in the same time. So each beam um, are designed with no traps, and that allows us to use uh, triplexers. So basically, you'll have three stations using the same antenna, and we have the three different identical antennas pointing in three different directions. So when 20 meters opens or 10 meters opens, you know that we're going to have exactly signals in all continents giving you um, a chance to uh, to make a QSO. Our goal is to uh, bring uh, 12 stations and uh, make uh, uh, about uh, 200,000 QSOs. And we're be we believe that th this is possible with the setup that we have in there. We're actually working with um, uh, different vendors to uh, set up our uh, equipment. Uh, remember that you can't just take an, uh, an antenna off the shelf and, shelf and take it to Bouvet. And the main reason being is that Bouvet has uh, or is known to have at least uh, 300 storms 
a year on average, which means that more or less we're going to get at least one storm while we uh, uh, were there. So uh, our uh, antenna vendors, uh, one of them is Enov, and uh, they are designing where they are taking the off-the-shelf antennas and make them uh, uh, redesign them to sustain uh, heavy weather conditions to allow us to uh, make sure that antennas will stay up a long time and we will be focusing on making QSOs instead of uh, repairs. So we'll have uh, vertical antennas and uh, for different bands and we also have a, a lot of um, a backup antennas. Every detail is, no details is left uh, untouched. Uh, so basically uh, we'll be uh, starting pileups the moment uh, we land on the uh, on the island. One of the things that we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be um, trying to get in the air quickly with one antenna and then bring uh, uh, and install more. And this way we'll continue to be on the air uh, for the whole time uh, we're on the island. Now, are you going to do all? Um, I, I know you're probably going to do uh, CW and phone. Are you going to do RIDI or FT8? Um, what, what digital modes are you going to do? Yeah, uh, we're going to be doing uh, both FT8 and uh, RIDI. We're going to be focusing uh, on human modes, CW and SSB, but uh, we're definitely going to be uh, uh, spending uh, time on FT8, giving a chance to the people that uh, hams that just have a wire in an attic to make at least one contact with us. Actually, while uh, um, he was in Africa a couple of months ago, Ken um, um, tested a new setup where uh, operators will be able to uh, um, do human modes, SSB or CW, and at the same time have a window open on their computer and also run uh, FTA pileups. So every oper operator oh. will have a chance to multiply. Working two at once, SO2R. Exactly, SO2R, exactly. <laughs> That's it just makes it much, much more fun to operate. Uh, you know, you can operate CW easily, and then you just have this uh, Fox and Ham open, and uh, you just work the FT8 pilots. Quite, quite fun. That's very yes. good. And you're going to be there what? A little, just over three weeks. Is that right? Yeah, yes. the contract stays actually a minimum 22 days. So that that's uh, that's in a contract. So we're going to be at least 22 days around the island for sure. Okay. And um, was that the last of the slides? There we go. There's your budget. Yeah, we got to see that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is an expensive trip. It's actually if uh, we land on Bouvet, and I'm sure we'll do, this will be the most expensive the expedition ever with a budget of $650,000. It's a lot of money, and uh, each operator will uh, contribute about $20,000 towards the, the expedition budget. And uh, as the rule goes, uh, uh, the rest of the money usually go, uh, comes from uh, clubs and um, organizations around the world. And um, as a, a matter of fact, the uh, NCDXF awarded us uh, $100,000 towards the budget of our the expedition. And Index uh, gave us the largest donation ever of $15,000. Uh, they definitely are trustworthy that we'll be able to uh, get this project uh, done and uh, bring uh, a new one to many uh, hams around the world. Uh, we just want to mention that most of this money, uh, more or less about $550,000 will go towards the uh, the boat and its crew and the expenses associated with uh, us getting onto the island. So basically transportation is taking or chewing most of this uh, money. And uh, 
this type of the expeditions can possibly happen if we actually have to buy all the equipment and gear that we need to get there. So because of that, a lot of uh, equipment and corporate sponsors uh, joined our effort to uh, make this the expedition a success. And, um, you know, some of them are mentioned there, DX Engineering, which is always present on all of the expeditions. You know, Vantena and Wemo, which gives us the beam as one of our main sponsors. Uh, for Oscar3 Alpha gives us the uh, uh, filters and duplexers and triplexers and spider beam. Uh, will provide uh, equipment uh, that will allow us uh, low band uh, activations. Cellcom is giving us some incredible uh, mass that will withstand the uh, the harsh conditions on the island. The Italian firm Messi and Poloni will give us a uh, coaxial cable, and uh, you know we can go on and on. Uh, well, <laughs> uh, who's for what radios are you? Uh, what radios are you bringing? Well, um, we're actually still evaluating. We have a few vendors that offer the, uh, their uh, equipment, uh, and we're still evaluating because there's a trade-off always between performance, weight, and um, the ability for us to um, have the radio performant enough for all the bands and uh, our exports and so forth. So basically, we're still in the process of evaluating the I think uh, our and deadline. And to release the yeah. information, maybe uh, next month we will uh, um, okay. uh, tell what kind of radios and amps we will use. Um, are you guys going to have like a beacon or something where you're going to do log uploads while you're on the island? Um, we're uh, the, the uh, you know because Bouvet is so far away from civilization, uh, it's a it's very far away from the uh, coverage of the normal should say satellite uh, coverage. So um, the Starlink, uh, which is uh, just this new startup that has incredible speeds of the internet, um, said to us they're in the process of covering Bouvet, but they don't know if we'll be able to have internet access to them. And uh, so we, our fallback uh, solution is through uh, BigM Imarsat which have a lower speed, which means that we will definitely upload logs. Uh, we'll be still trying to figure out a way to see if we can do live uh, QSOs. Okay. All right, well, I think we've used up a lot of time, but it was very interesting and it we haven't had a good de-expedition in a long time. So um, thank you everybody for uh, indulging us for a long <laughs> segment here. Um, I'm sure Amanda has a bunch of questions for you guys. So, um, oh, hey, I wanted to just say one thing too. You know, they said 650,000, 550 of that you said was for the boat. They need to pay for that before they leave. So if you guys are gonna get work them for an all time new one and send them, you know, $20 after the fact, that's great too, but they really can use the money up front. So if you can go to the 3Y0J website and donate now, that really helps these guys out because there's so much upfront money when these expeditions come on. So even every little bit help, if everybody gets together and does $5, that will really help um, pay for the boat. So anyway, Amanda, do you have any questions for these guys? Oh, yes, I do. Uh, tons. Uh, so Adrian, I'll start with you first. Um, someone wanted to know, what about pilot stations? Is that still going to be viable for Bouvet? Uh, definitely. We have uh, pilot stations uh, in all four continents, 
and uh, they will be the ones uh, being in uh, close touch with us. Uh, and you, we have um, actually will be in touch with them uh, through satellite. There's a new vendor that we're going to be announcing soon that will provide uh, uh, satellite uh, phone service that will allow us to keep in touch with the pilots who will take questions from the hammers around the world and allow us to, um, you know, um, adjust based on the requirements and pileups and so forth. Very good. And uh, real quick, Val, do you mind, some people don't know what pilot stations are, and you were once one yourself. Do you mind explaining what they do? Um, you're kind of the um, communication between the on-island team and the ham world. So any information you get from the team, you send it off to the all the DX World and DX Coffee, you know, and and uh, Daily DX, you know, and, and you kind of get the news out. And then as people have questions for the team, we kind of go through that or and any issues, you know, say they're missing openings on 12 meters to, you know, Japan, you know, the, stuff like that. And so you're kind of the go-between and you filter things out and, and then you give them, you know, reports every day, you know, um, and it's really a good idea because there's so many questions. So it's nice that everybody gets their questions answered and stuff. So you usually have them throughout the country, throughout the world, you know, absolutely. One here and one there. Yeah. Kind of like PIO anyway. officers. So, okay. You know, this, now we got to talk about the weather. And first I have to go back to that. Um, the, the, the two fellow Norwegians were out on the uh, on the, the island outside and they didn't even have their jackets buttoned up. I couldn't believe it. Um, they are tough as nails. So well, how the cold is it actually? <laughs> how how it's cold does like it this. get there? I mean, is it just the cold or is it also a wind factor that makes this extremely frigid and it's definitely unbearable? the wind. Definitely okay. the wind. I mean, the temperature is maybe around minus two to, you know, plus two centigrades uh that's roughly i guess 30 fahrenheits uh, but definitely point. the wind yeah freezing point and the wind can be like you know easily easily 20 25 meters per second um yeah roughly i guess 50 miles per hour okay and um and they do get earthquakes there i remember watching a lot of that yeah. when jerry's <laughs> team was heading that way so just one more thing to try to kill you while you're out there got it um also, AJ wanted to know, are you guys going to be broadcasting or operating from the vessel this time around, maybe giving out some maritime mobile contacts on your way there? There is a, there is a plan for, for, for that. So that, of course, also depends because it's a sailboat. Maybe, you know, people get a little bit uh, seasick. So let's let's see how much operating, uh, operation it will be. And then uh, will you have APRS on the boat so we can track your journey? Yeah, I definitely, hope so. Yes, definitely. I'll have mine. <laughs> <laughs> Any I'm other questions, still, Amanda? Yeah, I'm still curious on how APRS gets picked up out there in the middle of nowhere. But um, this, th we 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 answered a couple of these already that were in there. Uh, what's it, how much food do you bring with you? What's your diet like? Uh, is this a bread and beans kind of situation? <laughs> a lot of rice. <laughs> a lot of rice. Yeah. Now, uh, so basically. Yeah, so basically the, you know, um, because we have to be self-sufficient on the island uh, and, uh, you know, bringing a lot of supplies, it's uh, not possible. Remember, we have to bring them all, them all the supplies from the boat and then carry them up uh, 
that uh, cliff where we'll be setting up camp, so we are limited of the amount of food there that we can bring. So most likely our main um, uh, meals will be MRI type, military style, where you put some uh, hot water into a bowl and that creates a food for... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll try I... to uh, uh, to be uh, as varied as possible. Uh, they're actually uh, a sub-team uh, uh, that it's uh, in charge in, uh, of... Um, uh, making the menus and trying to figure out what's the best approach with the food, but more or less uh, we're limited. We can't, you know, bring uh, too many supplies. Remember that uh, fresh food is not really possible because it will take us 10 to 15 days to get there. So, well, I uh, heard penguin tastes like chicken. <gasps> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I actually see it in chat too, and um, never mind. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's go back to another technical question. Um, your vertical antenna, someone was wanting to know, uh, what verticals, what brand are you going to be using and are they trapped? So we're going to use, uh, uh, two kind of, uh, vertical antennas. We're going to use the aluminum antennas from DX engineering on, uh, on the low bands. Uh, but we're also going to use spider poles from, from spider beams and there are no traps on, on these antennas. So. On, uh, on like gonna have full size verticals on 160 is gonna be a top loaded, roughly 21 meter uh, antenna. Very good. And what, what was the one for 160? I know there's a lot of 160. Are we gonna use the the, the the spider or pole antenna? Uh, and also we have uh, a lot of backups with us, always backups, and we're gonna have an aluminium antenna with us. And you're gonna have some kind of uh, beverage. Or something for 160. We or? have a we have for the receiving antenna. We will have a, um, uh, a loop antenna from LSET one AQ. Okay. Wow. And right. um, this, and uh, I have run out of questions except for the most important one, and I'm going to give you both the opportunity to answer this. So I'll go to Ken first. But what is your best advice for anyone trying to get you guys in the logs? Take a vacation and, and, and stay there for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Adrian, what about you? Well, uh, be smart instead of being pushy, which means uh, follow what the operators is uh, asking. If they say up to or up or down, follow that those instructions and then follow their patterns. Uh, if you see that... Uh, um, you know, the, if you see their pattern of how they are transmitting, you can easily be the next one in the loop. If you're just transmitting from, you know, on top of the others, 
obviously you're minimizing your chances. So follow the operators. That's the key. Can we? Say yeah, follow listen? their patterns. Can we say listen, listen, and listen more? That's true. Yeah. The uh, DX code of conduct that applies. You follow <laughs> that, you're in the log in the first day. And, and if you've only got 100 watts in a wire, don't even try on the first day. Nah. <laughs> I would say. Never say never, you know. Uh, I am confident, at least uh, from my experience, the operators that get in the log are the best operators, not necessarily the it's, ones with the, with the kilowatts. If you find that little <laughs> crack in the... Exactly. You probably have a 15 kilo, kilohertz, uh, you know, window listening up 5 to 30. <laughs> I, I remember Navasa pilot was like 40 kilohertz, and it was really difficult, you know, to find where they were listening. That brings up a good question, actually. I think this might be the last one. Then, are you guys starting out on the extra portions, at least on the first day, and then moving up, or how are you gonna? Have you thought about that? A lot of them do that to thin the pileup. Yeah. Are we going to listen for, uh, you know, all kind of um, uh, frequencies also for the, the, the technicians? Uh, yeah. All right. Very good. Yeah, that's great. Well, thank you so much uh, for being here. And uh, thank you for staying up until I, it's probably 4 a.m. now or 4.30 there. So we appreciate it. And Val, Everybody donate even a little bit. Every, every little bit helps. They could really use your help funding-wise. So, And this is going to be a big one. Yes, Hopefully. it's going to be a, a big one. Thank you for and having us. And stay safe and everybody's safe. Um, that one scares me. That island scares me. So I'm going to be praying for you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having you. us and uh, please support us. Absolutely. Great... Happy holidays. Thank you. I'll see you in the pileups. <laughs> Thanks, guys. And I just want to really quickly mention there's some contests coming up. 10-meter contest is this weekend. And if you guys haven't been on the air lately, 10 meters has been hot. It's really easing up the bands during contest weekends, which is great. Um, so, if And all you techs out there, you can operate on 10 meters. So get on the air this weekend on 10, and you'll be surprised how much fun you can have and how many countries you can get. So back to you, Josh. That's all we've got for tonight. All right. Let's throw it to ICOM. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Happy Holidays from ICOM. This season, spice up your ham shack with ICOM's IC705 Portable or the now shipping new ID52A handheld. These radios are perfect for staying in or venturing out and working your favorite bands this winter season. The IC705 is the perfect sidekick and QRP companion. Base station features and functionalities at the tips of your fingers in a portable package covering HF 6 meters, 2 meters, and 70 centimeters. This compact rig weighs in at just over 2 pounds with RF direct sampling for most of the HF band and IF sampling for frequencies above 25 megahertz. 4.3 inch color touchscreen with live band scope and waterfall. 5 watts with battery pack BP272 or 10 watts with external 13.8 volt DC, single sideband CW, AM, FM, as well as full D-Star functions, micro USB connector, Bluetooth, and wireless LAN connectivity, integrated GPS with antenna and GPS logger, micro SD card slot, included HM243 speaker microphone, and it supports QRP and QRPP operations. ID52A is now shipping. 
ICOM's newest handheld amateur radio is a VHF-UHF dual bander with D-Star and FM dual mode functions. This radio supports conventional FM communications and D-Star simplex, repeater, regional, and worldwide calls over the D-Star Internet gateway. The ID52A is the first handheld amateur radio with a full-color 2.3-inch waterfall display and the ability to send photos over D-Star with a connected Android device. Other features include wideband receiver with guaranteed range of 144 to 148 and 440 to 450 MHz. Simultaneously receive VHF-VHF, UHF-UHF, VHF-UHF with dual DV mode. Integrated GPS GLONASS receiver including grid square location, micro SD card slot, micro USB port for data transfer, programming, and charging, and it meets IPX7 waterproof standards. The ID52 is a perfect companion for the ID705. Our family of favorite ICOM amateur radios are available this holiday season. The IC9700, IC7300, and IC7610 base stations, and the ID5100A mobile are the perfect gift. It's the most wonderful time of the year to give the gift of ICOM. For more information on ICOM radios, visit icomamerica.com amateur. Well, thanks again, ICOM, for sponsoring Ham Nation. We really do appreciate it. Now, I know you're all wondering how you get that sweet radio. Yes, ICOM gives away a radio every month. All you need to do is go to the link in the description to join their giveaway. How it works is they pick three winners every episode of Ham Nation. They get a swag package or, you know, shirt, hat, that kind of stuff. And then they get added to the giveaway list, and then they pick a winner at the end of the month. So for the ID52, we're going to give it away, and the next episode of Ham Nation will announce the winner. So if you want in on that contest, you need to go and enter now, right now, or you know, wait till the show's over. But the link is in the description, and that's how you join. So thanks again to ICOM for sponsoring the show. We really do appreciate it. Now I'm throwing it over to Don. Don, how's it going, buddy? And it's the perfect time to give away a great radio like that because yeah. our next show will be just before Christmas. So mm -hmm. it'll be absolutely perfect timing for that. We're doing great over here, uh, Josh. Thanks for asking. Let's go ahead and jump right into the uh, news of the week from Amateur Radio Newsline, shall we? All right. From Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2301, this is Ham Nation headlines for Wednesday, December 8th, 2021. We begin this week by marking a turning point in amateur radio history. The first transatlantic communications on the amateur portion of the spectrum 100 years ago this month. A video from the Antique Wireless Museum in New York celebrates the one century mark of what the museum is calling the triumph of the amateurs, which began with the first test on December 11, 1921. A dramatic video released recently by the Antique Wireless Museum tells how hams conceived of a historic test in 1921 that showed the world that the shortwave spectrum below 200 meters was anything but useless when it came to sending messages across the ocean. This was the now famous transatlantic test project. In a one-hour video, Ed Gable, K2MP, and Mark Earle, AE2A, tell how the amateur spirit of experimentation put ham radio station 1BCG on the air with a tube-based transmitter on 1.3 megahertz. The CW transmission from Connecticut by the Radio Club of America was successfully copied in Scotland. 
As hams prepare to reenact that day on its anniversary using a replica of the original transmitter, hams everywhere can learn all about the moments that made history on 160 meters. Find a link to the YouTube video in the text version of this week's newscast on our website, arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. Who doesn't love the thought of a better, more powerful transmitter? You don't even have to be a ham. In the UK, an upgrade has been made at Radio Caroline, a once notorious pirate radio station, leaving the station feeling loud and proud. If you can hear the new high-powered signal of Radio Caroline on 648 kHz AM, you can thank its new 25-kilowatt transmitter, a Harris DX25U, which is a nice step up from the station's older 10-kilowatt Nortel model. The station manager, Peter Moore, writes on the Southgate Amateur Radio News website that the station is keen to know how much further its signals are reaching these days. He asks for reception reports to be sent to help the crew achieve even more improvements. You can find a link to the reception report at radiocaroline.co.uk. Peter said, quote, Now the new transmitter is in service, covering a much larger area than before. We hope to reconnect with more of our listeners from the past, end quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. All hams know that public service is a big part of what we do, but it isn't always done holding a radio. When the Great Cycle Challenge rolled out in October to raise funds to find cures for childhood cancers, the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club was ready for this month-long bicycle-based event. This time, however, members weren't stationed along any particular route, as hams often are during one-day events. They were on the road themselves throughout the month, pedalling more than 600 kilometres towards their financial destination. The club reports that the Barak Pedal Radio Group's efforts helped raise nearly 1,400 Australian dollars for the cause, adding their total to the national fundraising total, more than $6.9 million. Of course, that's not to say there wasn't some kind of radio involved. Barak Pedal Group member Graham Knight, VK3GRK, said afterward in a press release, and I quote, Some of our radio club members enjoy bike riding, and some of us even use radios to keep in touch with others whilst out riding. End quote. From Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. And that's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline, your independent source for amateur radio news for four decades and counting at arnewsline.org. With Jack Parker, W8ISH, Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, Graham Kemp, VK4BB, Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team across the globe, I'm Don Wilbanks, AE5DW73. We'll see you next time here on Ham Nation. And that'll do it for uh, for Ham Nation tonight. We don't have, or rather for uh, Amateur Radio Newsline on Ham Nation. We don't have Dr. T with us tonight. As I said, she's getting all uh, prepped up, uh, getting her brain in gear for a big academic thing going on tomorrow. So uh, be sure to follow her on Twitter, at Tamathus Cove, and of course, spaceweatherwoman.com and her YouTube channel as well. Just simply named Tamathus Cove and you keep up with all the solar goings on, Amanda. Thank you. I think it's now time to talk <gasps> Christmas. Oh, boy. It's a fun time of year. And uh, we have a fabulous guest on tonight. I'd like to welcome Peter Thompson, KE5GGY. And he has a huge fan base in the chat room. They're like, bring on Pete. Where's Pete? We <laughs> want Pete. So <laughs> yes, they're very loyal. He's here, you guys. So uh, you're part of the 3916 net. And uh, you guys do something special every year. So I'm going to hand the mic over to you. 
Well, thank you, and it's great to be here. I think this is like our fifth or sixth year on Ham Nation, but uh, every year on 3916, we connect good boys and girls, and occasionally some bad ones, that's okay too, <laughs> with uh, with Santa at the North Pole. And it's, uh, it's a great experience. It started, um, in fact, I was just thinking about this earlier tonight, Amanda, 16 years ago, my son was nine, and it started with me and another operator one night uh, relaying in the voice of Santa for our respective children. And from there, each year, progressively it grew. Now we've got 12 relays uh, strategically positioned around the country that relay in the voice of Santa. We'll, we'll, we'll connect over 1,000 children this year with Santa at the North Pole. So it's really grown, and it's it's grown because of the, the 3916 nets and also just the enthusiasm of, of operators and parents and, and most of all the kids. So uh, every night we start at 7 p.m. Central. There's a, uh, a website you can go to to check in ahead of time. That's cqsanta.com, cqsanta.com, and that opens up every night at 6 p.m. Central. But uh, it's a really efficient system. We've gone from being really clunky at the beginning to now we, uh, we're able to connect a child with Santa and, and have that QSO in a little under two minutes. So think about that. And it's, it's really because of the, the great team that we have at 3916. So um, it's every night through it, including Christmas Eve. 3916 is a great place. I don't know if anybody is aware of what we're doing, but it's a very uh, friendly spot on, on 80 meters. I remember when I first got my ticket back in 2005, I was studying for the code and tuning across 80 meters. And, and 3916 just jumped out at me because it was so friendly. So I started hanging around there and they haven't, they haven't chased me off yet. So uh, 3916 every night starting at seven, we've got some pre-nets. We do trivia every night at nine, which is what the, uh, the, uh, the uh, 3916 peeps are waiting for me for. Uh, and, um, and then at 10 o'clock is our kind of our anchor or heritage net called the free wheelers. And you get more information on our nets at 3916 nets, Dot com, but uh, it's fun and yeah, 16 years of doing this, Amanda. We've uh, we've ha we've had a lot of different uh, situations, some rather crazy times with kids. <laughs> uh, several kids. Uh, I think last year we had one child request or ask for a 50 caliber gun. Uh, we've had, we've had wow. several swimming pools, and uh, we're very good at making sure Santa tells uh, some of the kids that, that he may have to talk to the parents about, uh, you know, that 50 caliber gun. But, yeah, uh, yeah in a second, I, I know you may have some questions of me, but in a second, I'm going to use the magic of radio to try to get Santa remote from the North Pole. So any questions from your part that I can answer? I I uh, just again, you've already said you're doing this uh, 16 years. Josh is going to pull up uh, the CQ Sienna website right now. Okay. And uh, we're going to show a pretty cute video. But first, my question um, How many children do you think you talk to each Christmas season? Well, it's been under a thousand for the last couple of years, but because of some uh, improvements that we've made in the, uh, the sign up portal and also the way we. Um, Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
the world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Find out what operators are hearing the children better. I think we're going to be well over a thousand this year. So it'll be, it'll be a thousand children plus for a 2021. Oh, wow. Well, we really, really want to see Santa next, but Josh is going to show us how excited some of these ch- children okay. are. To All right. Come let in. me see if I can get the big man. I'll be back okay, in a minute. You go, you go ask the pull right. a favor too. And this is so cute. Everyone pay attention. They're so excited. November 2, Papa Charlie. Yep, we got you 5-9. Yep, we got Jessa here. Here she is. Mike shy. Let me see if I can grab her. <laughs> Mike shy. <laughs> <laughs> Roger that. Yep, got him uh, five nine and uh, had a blast. Thank you once again. Hey, 
ho, 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 Merry Christmas. It is Santa. It's me. <laughs> How you doing there, Amanda? Fantastic. I do have one huge question. Did she get her toy unicorn? Oh, of course. We worked hard at it. We had to trap that unicorn. It took a while, but yes, it was great. Uh, I got to check and see if you're on the good kid list, Amanda. Let's see. Uh, uh, yes, go. you're good. Uh, ooh, I see a little mark here by Valerie. Uh, okay, we have some things to talk about. Uh, let's see. And Don, not looking so good this year, but uh, Josh, you've Cole. been good. <laughs> no surprise uh, there, no, Santa. You guys need some work here. But anyway, what else can Santa answer for you tonight? I don't know, Josh. Do you have anything you'd like to ask Santa for Christmas? I don't know. I'm I'm pretty down with those fidget spinners. We should we should double up some of those for me too, Santa. <laughs> oh, it's on the way. We always like to send good gadgets to you, so, Valerie. What do you want it for Christmas? <laughs> uh oh, I think the the naughty. Sorry, I'm I'm no. muted. Um, I'm you know what? I don't really need a lot. I I'm loving life. I'm That's good. That's good because you're on the bad girl list, so you're not getting much. <laughs> what about you, Don? If you could ever think about asking Santa for anything. You know what? I have found my birth family the last couple of 3 years, so I'm good. I have everything that I could ever want. I don't need material stuff. I'm good. Oh, Aww. dude, that's so sweet. Now I have to come up with something better. Santa, um, I'm not going to wish for world peace because I know that's not going to happen, but I do wish for people to just not be jerks so much and yeah. to uh, love your family more and see them more. So that's what well, I wish well, for. I've been joking around a little bit with you all, but, you know, we've had some tough times in our world, and one thing that Ham Radio does is it brings everybody together. So I just want to encourage you to get on 3916 every night starting at 7 o'clock Central, and we'll forget the troubles of the day and just be together through the magic of, of Christmas and the magic of Ham Radio. Sounds good to me. I take it. Well, well thank said. you so much, Santa, and uh, Merry Christmas. And you got ho ho ho! I gotta go. Lots of work to do. <laughs> okay. Merry Christmas, so Santa. Thank you, Santa. Now I seem Merry to be Christmas, disappearing. Santa. I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, see you next year. Ho ho! <laughs> Need he needs more to cookies get his and elf. milk. Get those milk. elves in there to help him out. See right through him. <laughs> <laughs> I felt a little underdressed, so I decided maybe I'd help me get back on the bad uh, the bad. Now we have a guest. I didn't know Andy was in the room. Dang it. He definitely was getting cold. Hi, Andy. You guys recognize this guy, Andy? Yeah. Go, don't be in my shy. How you guys doing? Andy, hey, I'll have zero whiskey x-ray. How you doing, Andy? Doing good. Oh, it's fantastic He's to keeping see you me on, safe brother. down here, keeping the men away since I'm uh, without husband for till Jer Jerry will be here in ten days. So. Yeah, you and you know, a hot blonde in uh, Florida. I'll tell you what, He's, he <laughs> has to keep two clubs on him. Yeah. <laughs> well, There's probably a lot more single women down here, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's having fun. <laughs> well, I, Josh wanted to recap on Thanksgiving, and I should have mentioned everyone that uh, we're so sorry. Gordo couldn't be here, Randy or Joe, but uh, Josh did a pretty cool thing over the day after yeah. things or Thanksgiving Day. So I wanted yeah. him to show that off because yeah. it looked like a fantastic time at the beach. So yeah, take I'm, it I'm, away, Josh. I'm filling in, so I, I guess I'm handling a, a, a 
It's an even shorter short shot, if you will. Yeah, you should have been wearing shorts so you have the yeah. shorts. Yeah. I, yeah, I yeah. wasn't on the beach. I think my kids might be. But anyway, if you want to see a longer form of this, I posted a video on my channel that's actually a video. But I've got some pictures. Gordo sent me some, and I put in some of my own. That's uh, Bolsa Chica State Beach, and, and literally it's it's that empty when, we, when they got down there. They arrived a little bit before us because they're running the whole Thanksgiving spread. And here's uh, Chip getting his antenna ready. Got a lot of questions on that antenna, and I'll uh, I'll get some info from Chip and uh, and Gordo as well when he returns. But they definitely had it up and running by the time me and my boys or my boys and I got down there. Here's Chip. A lot of questions on his antenna. It's it's a series of telescopic poles that he runs a wire Yagi on, and this wire Yagi is for 15 meters, and he also had a dipole for 20 meters. Here they are setting up their uh, mag loop antenna. That is a chameleon mag loop, and a I think that was a Kenwood that Chip is operating on. And you can see the mast is literally on the right hand side. That white mast is literally just hammered into the sand, and it's an it's an Armstrong rotor to tune that up. A lot of bio no batteries, a lot of big batteries. I think Gordo had a, a homemade something fifty something amp hour battery that he had, which is really impressive. Wow. And there's there's Gordo. Literally uh, rotating the antenna for Chip, <laughs> which is pretty funny. In shorts. In shorts. So yes, we had. There's there's your short shot. Very good. Yeah, more activate. And and if you look far enough out, that's PV that mountain that's out there, and you can start to see the container ships. Uh, they were really backed up. There's some more container ships behind me. My two boys, Ben is on the right, Edison is on the left. Ben looks like he's just loving uh, Daddy dragging him out to the beach on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Same picture, just a little bit wider. More uh, Oddly enough, Gordo didn't get a ton of the shots of the, the container ships, it looks like. But in my video, you can see them. They're just stacked up out there. I did bring my 705, though, and my Buddy Stick Pro, as well as my Powerfilm solar, uh, solar panel. So, <laughs> of course, I had to try to run FT8 from the beach. So here's my, uh, my tough book. That doesn't mind a little bit of sand, so that worked out all right. <laughs> Here's us. Uh, looks like getting set up. You can see same kind of shot. We're looking down, or I guess north from the vantage point of where we were at. Another shot there. I guess I had similar pictures of me operating. But there's my Buddy Stick Pro in the background that I was using just my backpack as kind of a ballast. And the kids got bored with the radio, and they're way off in the background. You can see them playing. <laughs> There's Ben. And chip operating. Did a lot of CW, a lot of single sideband. I, uh, you know, I, I often make uh, portable operations complicated. Poda's great. I love doing Poda, but I, I really like the tradition that that Chip and Janet and Gordo and Susie have out here. Just having fun with radio, just making contacts, logging on paper. It was really beautiful. And the turkeys going in. That's really what this is all about. They call it the Turkey Bowl for a reason. There's that fully set up antenna, 15 meters. Uh, looks like beaming north or south. I think that's actually north, south. I think that's south pointing. A little Armstrong rotation. And this is either set, I think this is set up, but same concept. That's a 12 pound with the mast. It's about 12 pounds. So it was really easy for us to quickly just pop it down, change the element when Chip wanted to go to from 15 to 20 meters. And there's some more of those ships in the background. You can see them little square dots on the horizon. There's a shot of the wire Yagi on the telescopic rods for anybody that was curious. I got a lot of questions on that, so hopefully that's a good answer to those questions. 
another shot of that antenna. You can see those rods. I'll, I'll have to ask. I'm assuming they're fishing rods, uh, really rigid fishing rods that Jet Chip picked up. And there's the shot from the beach. So yeah, it was it was really beautiful. I, I can't say enough. What a wonderful tradition. They said they've been doing this for many years now, and I think it's just great. I don't know how uh, how I can trick my family into adopting a tradition that includes ham radio for the holiday. But it was beautiful. Bolsa Chica beach State Beach. Yeah, in Southern California. Okay. Well, I'm just amazed that there was like no one else on the beach. There, there were all. some people that kind of came by. A couple of people said hi. You know what? The, the most traffic you usually get on the beaches down here in the wintertime is there is a, a wonderful bike trail that, that runs north and south, pretty far down. And people were just kind of going up and down, having fun, leisurely little rides. Uh, I We had the New York Times come out. They did a, a, a news piece on it, which was nice. But it was just a, a quiet little event. And it, the... Um, the wind was there. People were worried about the wind. It was there in the beginning, but then it just kind of quieted down. It was it was really still, which was interesting for me. I was really worried about it because when I was driving in, tons of wind. Got there, there was a bit of wind. It died down, and then when I left, tons of wind again. And so Chip was hypothesizing that we had kind of two fronts that were kind of hitting right about where we were at and just nullified the wind, which I was like, okay, well, that's pretty cool. So it was it was great. It worked out perfect. Sounds yeah. fabulous. Uh, nice. They were really worried about it before, so mm -hmm. it didn't even sound like it was going to happen. So I'm glad you guys got on the air. Yeah, we were, How long were you on for? Uh, I was only there for about two, three hours, but I believe they stayed well into the evening. I, I guess the tradition winds up with, if you saw the pictures, in fact, I'll go and show it again just so everybody can see that. The, those are fire pits, those big concrete circles, those donuts. And uh, they wrap up the event with a bonfire and roasting wieners, from my, <laughs> from what I understand. A little wiener roast there. So that's how they wrapped up the turkey bowl. Not enough leftovers because that fried turkey uh, looked amazing. So I'm assuming they had to go to hot dogs. I bet. So, yeah. Okay, everybody. Well, Good stuff. Yeah, let's, we're done. Yeah, I think we're done. Let's do an around the room. Val, thanks for coming out again. I really do appreciate it. Anything you want to mention for this weekend or anything coming up? Yeah, again, that 10-meter contest, and right. um, yeah, um, I haven't been on the contest site because I, I don't know if you can see, that's my new ham shack. It's kind of wimpy <laughs> compared to my one up north, but um, does the job, <laughs> especially down here in Florida. The propagation is amazing, um, but I've just been busy on the house and not on the air very much. I'm hoping start of the new year I can do that, but uh um, hope to be on more too now that things are winding down on uh, the rehab here at the house. So hopefully you'll see a little more of me on the show. Excellent. We look forward have, to that. Have a Merry Christmas, anybody. Everybody. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Don, love the hat. <laughs> Thank you. I felt underdressed. And so I, I figured I'd better snag this and get back on the uh, good boy list. I'm, I'm hoping to be able to do uh, a little bit more operating now, too. But uh, now that I'm semi-gainfully employed, working 10-hour days, doesn't leave much time during the day to uh, do any radio. But I'm going to try to get on the air a little bit more very good, coming very up. Good. So that's, Amanda, about, what's... Uh, that's about it from over here. Well, thank you for being on again, Don. We do appreciate it. And Va uh, sorry, Amanda, what's going on with you this weekend? Anything fun? Uh, you know, uh Finally, last weekend, my sister came in from Santa Barbara, so we were not having any radio time. This weekend, I'm definitely getting on the radio. Just I love to call CQ and just 
talk to anyone. Anyhow, um, I wanted to say that a lot of people mentioned that they talked to Chip. Um, I didn't see a lot of Gordo, but I made contact with Chip on the beach. So we do have a lot of fans that went out there and said hello to you guys, at least uh, over Thanksgiving. So we appreciate that. Uh, glad they got a chance to work you. Uh, what else? Um, yeah, Nets. you know, in the in the coming um, weeks, uh, we're going to try to have uh, some nice uh, guests here to say Happy New Year in two weeks, and that's going to be December 22nd, I believe it is. That's right. So yep. stay tuned for that. And um, other than that, let's go over some nets that we're going to have this evening. We've got D-Star on 14 Charlie, DMR on 31-0-12. I just saw 38-35 for 75 meters, and I believe Steve is um, – no, excuse me, Kevin's going to be on 71-92 thereabouts. Uh, listen for his wonderful voice out of Florida and you guys can join in. So with that, I think we're done tonight. We thank you, Josh. A yeah, great thank show. You everybody. Great guest, Valerie. I just can't thank you enough for having the Bouvet team on. This is amazing. It's a go That's again. Great so. segment. Great yeah. segment. This one works. I really do. We all do. All are safe and they make lots of contacts and it's a good de expedition. I'm ready. I think everybody is. I think it's time. Yeah. So this is hopefully this is the right one. So all right, everybody. We want to thank everybody for watching. Make sure to go check out that link for ICOM America to get in on the swag giveaway to then get in on the giveaway for the ID fifty two. And the next time you'll see us, we'll be giving that radio away for I guess you call it our Christmas episode. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna wish you a big seventy three to everybody and I'll play you out. So thanks so much again. See ya. <laughs>